<laughs> I even have a pulpit. This is good. Never done this before. Um, yes, what an incredible time of worship. Like everything in, in me is just wanting to go, Lord, more. Just want to give more of myself. I just want more of you. Don't have words for that stuff. So what a privilege to be in a church where he's moving and where he's amongst us and he's in us. And uh, how do we give more? So that's what I'm going to speak about tonight. Part of it is going deeper in him. We were worshiping and we're just going deeper and deeper. But there's part of us that he wants to take deeper in our hearts. Merv said something so beautiful. He said, sometimes you feel asleep inside. So Lord, would you wake us up tonight? Would you wake us up so we can have ears to hear? JJ came and said his ear was blocked. He had water in his ear from surfing. And uh, it popped open during worship. And, and uh, everything was deafening. Everything was really loud. And there's a clarity when God starts touching our hearts. And we see with new eyes and we hear with new ears. So I'm filled with faith that, he, that some of us are going to hear with new ears tonight. So... Um, yeah, for the guys that don't know me, my name is Nikki. Um, this is my wife, Tanya, the beautiful one in the front. And um, yeah, we've, uh, we met each other in this church. God woke me up 15 years ago with her name in my head, and I had to try and figure out how am I going to pursue her without her seeing me coming. Um, it's a bit intimidating if the Lord wakes you up with someone's name. And like, I didn't know what to do with this, and like for the single guys that's, and girls, that's the best way, because I said, God, I don't trust you with my own decisions, every time I'm in a relationship, it blows up in my face, so here, arranged marriage, you sort it out, you tell me, and wow, he did, and he spoke separately to her, and there we were, and we were like getting to know each other, but there was an elephant in the room, like we both knew. She, is, she was keeping it quiet, and I was keeping it quiet. And, uh, so, and then we got to know each other, and we just knew this is, this is him. This is his best plan. This is, um, this is what he's got for us. So, uh, she's, I used to use this watch 20 years ago for competitions, and we used to get 20-minute heats to surf in. And uh, I can't believe I'm using it to do a preach. <laughs> so Jacques said to me, 10 minutes. And I went, no, 20, please. <laughs> so 20 minutes. Um, so the things were, like the, the picture that JJ had, that's a word of prophecy. That's an encouragement. Sonia had a word as well about the Lord wants to increase our fruitfulness tonight. But like an avo, it's multi-purposed. There you, can do, you can do all kinds of things with, things with an avo. And we take, and that's an encouragement, that's the Lord whispering. So we value prophecy, we follow the Spirit by listening to prophecy, we don't take it lightly, we also weigh it up, you don't just follow it blindly, um, he, the Lord confirms prophecy. Uh, so I just want to pay, paint a little picture of what He's been whispering to us for the last while. So I always default back to, Lord, what season are we in? What, what, what are you doing? And uh, earlier on, Yaku announced the church camp that's happening in May. A year ago, we started getting words from the Lord. That's why the guys are standing here in the front comparing, chatting, listening, going, what are you doing, Lord? And, um, and often there's a thread. 
So a year ago at the camp, he said, be, be flexible, be ready to move. Uh, the cloud is moving by day, fire by night. If you want to be a people that follow me, you need to be ready. You can't settle. You can't get caught in your ways. You can't build big houses. You need to, in a moment, pitch, take your tent up and get ready to go. And we take it seriously. And that gets me excited as I'm going, Lord, there's more for us. Um, then these words started coming of we are in a time of God wanting to pour out his presence and a deeper sense of his presence and uh, living water throwing, flowing from his throne room through us into the world. And, and that's exciting. Like Tanya and I are junkies for the spirit. We just want more of him. Um, so we take that seriously. In between, these other words came that didn't sound so great. They didn't sound so nice and so friendly. And um, Warren and Inga, thanks for coming. Eh? It's nice to have rent a crowd. <laughs> um, these other words came, and Shawnee. Um, and they were, they were a little bit more weighty, and it, it went along the lines of anything that can be shaken will be shaken. And that's a, that's a picture of, it's great we're going deeper, but I have a lot of stuff. We all have a lot of stuff that can't go deeper with us. It's not a fragrance that he loves. It's unforgiveness doesn't go deeper with God. Idols and habits and religions, religious behavior doesn't go deeper with God. My preferences, my likes and dislikes, my offenses, it doesn't go deeper with him. So I believe he wants to touch those things tonight. Um, I want to read a scripture. Nick, if you can put up um, 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5, please. So as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, that's all of us, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that acceptable, that's the fragrance. And the amazing thing about him, he loves us, he pursues us, but he also makes us acceptable. And he starts that process, and he finishes that process. And the, if, we, if we pray, like I don't know if you find yourself ever praying stupid prayers. So like as you're praying, you just go, oh Lord, I just give you all of myself. Take me wherever, do whatever. Like, I remember walking up to Andrew years ago when he was leading the church in Port Elizabeth, near Alder, and I, I was overcome in God. And I walked up to him and I said, Go, Andrew, I'll follow you anywhere. And as I said it, I went, oh. <laughs> and, like, I've prayed prayers like that. And, and I just, you just know it's going to cost you. That is going to cost you. And he's taken, he's taken me up on it. And we moved from Port Elizabeth. We're part of this church plant. And what a privilege to be here and guys say, hey, we're part of 44 congregations. I'm going, we were there when there was 10. And what a miracle, God, that what you've done. Like you've built your church. Not, nothing of eloquent man. Um, so back to that picture of where we're at. So we went away on a leaders camp a little while ago. And the Lord started whispering, you, as leaders, you need to go through the door, and the congregation will follow. But to go through that door, your stuff doesn't come with you. 
And he dealt with unforgiveness. He dealt with vows that some of us has ta have taken in our minds that we've just gone, oh, I won't speak about that. I won't do that. Um, and he just started adjusting us. And I just have such a sense. Like all these guys that lead home groups, that lead, the deacons, the elders, they've all been through a, a little bit of a, a mill in the last while. And um, I'm starting to see it all around. Like I'm chatting to guys in the week, and some guys are going through turmoil. Like I, I saw Fred Entries for the first time look really uncomfortable in his own skin. Like not confident at all. And we all know Fred. Fred's like, he's the bouncer. He's the guy that's got it together. He knows what's happening. He's watching. He was squirming. And, um, and God has, has that for all of us. Like our, our, uh, for many years, that just carried on in me and carried on in me. And every time I thought I'm in a sweet place with him, he just, one morning I wake up and uh, I feel a little bit odd. Just not comfortable with myself. And then during the day, I have the suspicion, oh no, yeah, it's going again. And I've come to know that. I've come to know that's God's hand in my life. Like I feel it inside. He's busy, he's busy changing me. And it gets more uncomfortable and more uncomfortable. And eventually you just go, oh, okay, I'm just enduring now. And then you endure. And it's often deep stuff. And you often don't know what's going on. And he, he changes us from the inside out. And then you see by the fruit in your life how you've changed. You're just not the same person after that. So tonight I want to speak. Uh, that was my intro, by the way. I'm doing an Andrew Selly. <laughs> he carries on forever. So, um, like if you're sitting here and you're going, God, I just give, want to give more. I just want to be more in. I don't want to be asleep. I want to hear clearly. I want your voice to be overwhelmingly loud. I, I mean, who's sitting here? Okay, don't put up hands. <laughs> That's my reaction when I come out of worship like that. Um, I just want to talk about that a little bit, that process, and just realizing it's normal, it's natural. You can be, be confident in it. Like I read this beautiful scripture this week while I was, while I was prepping. He's the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That's so different to us. He's the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Johanny is giving me messages. Oh, sorry. So the scripture, she's asking for the scripture. It's 1, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. It's the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. So what does it look like when you get shaken? Like Peter walked with Jesus, and he knew him intimately. And eventually Jesus said to him, you, you the rock, and, uh, and on, on me I'll build my church. But what did he do? He denied him he, three times. I mean, how bad can it get? So, so that's a shaking. That's a circumstantial shaking. Sometimes the shaking comes from something inside of us that God just goes, that's just not a good fragrance. There's something in you. There's a little bit of selfishness. There's a little bit of this in you. And we don't even see it. 
our, our friends see it, but they don't even, can't even put it into words. They're like, ah, that person really grates me. She always knows everything, knows better. Knows. God's, God will deal with it. Just in his timing, he does it. Um, so if you're a believer, you're going to be shaken. That's just that's going to happen. If you're an unbeliever, you also get shaken. The problem with the world is if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't come humbly, you don't give yourself, you don't humble yourself and say, Lord, your will be done, not mine. If, you, if you're unsaved and your life gets shaken, there's God's mercy too. He's wanting to change us into something more fragrant for Him. Then you harden your heart or you party harder on a Friday night. And you, you could get into this culture of, I'm just going out partying. I'm going to all the raves. Like, I used to buy ecstasy with every surfboard I shaped just to go and party harder on the weekends. That's not a good thing to do. It fried my brain. It, it, I only saw the damage years later. But um, the world just makes you harder. You become callous. Like, I hear friends of mine that's, unbe- that's unbelievers speak, and they go, that guy. Never, I'll never forgive him. Like, I'll just, I remember, I take note. Like a friend of mine from the UK said to me the other day, a guy in Josh Jen made him, said he's going to make a handgun for him. It's like something you body surf with, and you put it on your hand. And he gave him three, four hundred rand, and you never heard from that guy again. That Josh Jen guy, what's his name? What does he look like? I don't, I don't know who he's talking about. But it's 20 years, he hasn't forgotten that thing. And um, he's just an example of, and then he goes, no, I'm a believer. I serve God. Everyone serves God. It's all different religions. Anyway, that's not important. That's just when you, you get hard, and you get harder and harder and more calloused and more calloused. So he says, whatever can be shaken will be shaken. So that picture of living stones being built together in 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 5, that is such a powerful picture. It's, uh, part, uh, part of that is if we like living stones being built together, I, I, I don't know if you've seen people that, that build with natural rock. They sit there with a chisel and they chop pieces off. That thing's got to be square and it's round. So they're chopping pieces off. There's a lot of rubble lying around. If you're a person and God is going, there's a little piece here, I'm annoying people to the point that he's going to start working in me. That's a piece of me that gets chopped off. Yes, I am running out of time very quickly. Um, Condense this whole thing. Condense this whole thing. That's a part of me that, that gets chopped off. If I resist that, I can be in church my whole life and have my rough edges and not be built in properly. There's a lot of cement needed around me, and that's not strong. And I'm rubbing that guy next to me so badly. Like Yaku and I have rubbed each other seriously. Never. So yeah. <laughs> If I, I can get so rigid, and I believe the Lord wants to tonight touch our rigid areas. My mindsets, my theology, the way I think church should be, 
my fears, even my insecurity of like, I can't do this. I can't. I just, I just give up. And then you can sit here for years and years and years, and you never advance in him because you're not surrendering yourself and saying, Lord, your will be done, not mine. And, and you've heard the term playing church. That becomes playing church. If the kingdom isn't advancing forcefully in my life, in your heart, in your life, from the inside out, you're playing church. And you're listening to good preachers. You're taking it in. You could be a little bit critical of the worship was a little bit average tonight. I don't like the way that guy does things. What am I doing? I'm elevating idols. I'm elevating my sharp edges above that of what God's wanting to do. And um, we can't afford to do that. So... So I just want to tell a quick story, because I'm speaking a lot here. So I, what it looks like if I don't deal with my sharp edges. <laughs> um, so I'm an unbeliever, and my life is about surfing. And I've realized along the way, I'm good at this. And everyone looks at me like, wow, that guy is incredible. The problem is that becomes my identity, and that becomes my security. And then I build my relationships around those things. And then I only know surfers. And I have no older people in my life. I have no businessmen in my life. I have no people that's wise in my life. I just go, this is me and this is my personality. What's happening? My world is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. And I'm, I'm on a path of destruction and I don't even know it. And then I became a believer. And I'm like, God, you're incredible. Like, you're real. I'd never thought you were real. Then he starts speaking. Then I'm more in awe of, like, the God that I've given my life to actually speaks to me. And I can feel him speaking into my heart. And then I even go through those first deep adjustments where he starts chopping little edges off. And I'm even willing to endure that stuff. And then one day he goes, I want to give up that thing that you love. And I go, but... And I'm going, and I had to wrestle with him. And he said, sell all your boards. So at the time, I'm competing. I'm traveling all over the world. That's what I'm doing, and that's what I'm loving. And everyone, like, I've got the sense my friendships are fake because, like, if you're good at something, everyone hangs around you. And you go, who's my real friends? I'm starting to get a bit lonely. And I'm traveling, and everyone looks at you with, wow, what an incredible lifestyle. You guys, you just... What do you do? You don't even work. You just surf, and you travel in different, to different places. But my life's getting narrower and narrower and narrower. I have no outside influence. I have no idea about business. I have no idea how to look after a wife. I'm just completely selfish. I'm just, that's my trajectory. That's where I'm going. And, um, and he goes, sell your surfboards. So now I'm, I'm selling my surfboards. Then my income starts disappearing, and I'm in a church. And then I get this whisper, I want to touch your weaknesses. And I'm going, yes, Lord, I've got so many. Like, I'm so, so I've trained myself my whole life to not speak publicly. I was famous for when I would win a competition to not be able to speak. So I'll go, um, uh, 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 thank you, thank you to the sponsors. And, yeah. 
and then I'll walk off. And people would look at me and go, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> Does he, has, he got like a, is he, has he got an issue? And, and I was just so in my world and so nervous of people. So I became more of a hermit. So eventually I'm like, my idea is living on the side of a mountain alone where I can see the sea in the distance. And uh, I just want to be free. I don't like people. People are complicated. And so my life's very narrow. And um, better speed this up. And <laughs> are you guys all right? You're not bored yet. <laughs> and um, so now I'm in the church and I'm starting to submit myself. And he's brought me there. He saved me. He's made me pray these stupid prayers. He's like, I give you everything. And then he speaks to me and he goes, sell your boards. I don't want you to surf. And I go, oh, what am I going to do? I can't even hold conversations. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in this church. I mean, one of the, one of the elders stat- chatting to another elder. And I'm like thinking, I want to get to know these guys. So I walk up to them. And I'm, they're chatting and I'm standing there with them. And uh, I say something, but it's like really intense. Because I didn't know how to balance. I couldn't come in light. I don't know anything about small talk. I hated small talk. So I just went in there and said something really deep. So the one guy turns to the other guy and says, Esprit, just come a bit closer. This guy's making me really nervous. <laughs> so I'm like, what, me? Then now my surfboard, like shaping boards, is dried up. Everything's dried up. And it's like I've got to get a job. I've got to live. So the church gave me a house to live in for a while, and I'm living in this house next to the church. But now uh, it's, there's no freedom here, and church is right here. And, and, uh, and I mean, I've just come out of the rave culture. I'm smoking dope. I was smoking dope every day just to be able to socialize and to be able to surf and to be able to do stuff. And, and now I'm not like, not really, I don't know how to live this life now. So my world is so narrow. And... Um, and the Lord whispers to me in worship. I'm worshiping, going, Lord, I love you. You're amazing. And then I, whisper, I feel him say, you need to get a job. Go waiter. And I go, oh, I can't waiter. I can't. Like, I can't speak to people. I can't. Like, that's my biggest fear. So I read this thing in the week. Carl Jung said, where your greatest weakness is, there's your greatest task. Where your greatest fear is, there's your greatest task. So I'm there. And then I start like having these prayers with the Lord, saying, God, okay, if I don't get something by next week, I'll go, I'll go waiter. That whole week goes past, and it goes super fast. By the end of the week, I'm going, I made a vow to God. I'm like, I've got to stick to this. Now I'm desperately praying, Lord, please, I'm going to ask everyone in the church I know for a job, anything. I don't care, but I don't want a waiter. So that Sunday night, I'm not even worshiping. I'm like walking around going, hey, what do you do? Do you have a work? Do you have any jobs at your... So <laughs> I'm desperate. And I know Monday morning is coming, and if Monday morning is there, I've got to go and get a job. And I've got to go a waiter. I don't care about the job. I just care about having to speak to strangers because they scare me to death. And I don't know what to say. So, so I'm... I'm like, and I go to bed that night and I go, oh, there's nothing. God, you're my provider. 
you will give me the desires of my heart. I'm like, I'm so, I love you. I give you myself, everything. Silence. Monday morning, I wake up, I go, it's like, here we go, to the slaughterhouse. It's like, so the slaughterhouse was the lemon tree. Yaku worked there and Charles worked there. Beautiful little place, like a cool little cottagey vibe. The owners are nice. I'm just walking in, back in the spotlights, walking in, going, hello. And they like set it up for me. You know, speak to, speak to the lady. She's really friendly. And somehow I get this job. I, she didn't see the crazy look. She didn't, wasn't too offended by the fact that I was a bit weird. So then I get this job. Get my first table. And there's this European guy sitting there. I walk up to him and I, I go, hi. Uh, um, uh, hello, uh, can I get you something? So he's so like, he looks at me and he goes, yes, could I get a, a double espresso, please? So I go, yes, sir, and walk off. <laughs> so, never heard of a double espresso in my life. I don't know what it is. So I'm like, got to get this done. I get some instant coffee Nescafe. That's two, I said double, so four spoons. Double. Of, of instant Nescafe. Like, stir it, no milk. Espresso. It's like, I can't get that crema. How do they get that crema? It's like, take it to the guy. He takes a, he sits there, he takes a sip, he goes, what is this? And I'm like, eh. And I grab it off his table. <laughs> I take it back. And now I'm frantically running around. Like, help. So eventually I figure out, oh, there's a machine. And there's a barista guy, and he makes doubles, so I'm like, jeez, I've just discovered the gold mine in the back here. <laughs> so, when your life gets narrower, and narrower, and narrower, now the Lord pushed me into that little narrow channel, and that was my weaknesses. And he's going, now learn to speak with people. Get comfortable around them. So, it's not my, my likes anymore. It's not me where I want to live. And what I want to do and who I want to speak to, it's, Lord, have your way. Next, can you put up that uh, verse 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 11? Okay, good. No. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 to 11. Okay, we'll get it right now. Thanks a lot. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. That's our bodies to show that this all-surpassing power, the power of God, is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You can go to the next one. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. That's the death of our likes. Uh, I'm taking a bit of liberty here, but if he shapes us, 
That's dying to self, dying to likes, dying to dislikes. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body and make our lives wider. For who we are alive are always being, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So that's a bit of, I took a bit of liberty there, but it's, that's surrendering me and giving him parts of me. So I can, so I can respond well, or I can respond badly. Let's go to the badly bit. I can blame people. I can defer. I can go, yes, but they have an issue. So the moment that thing gets touched, something gets touched, my opinions, my likes, my way I think I fit into church, the way I see people leading, um, the moment that gets touched, I could have a reaction to that and go, yeah, but it's them. So I never allow that thing to be touched. The problem is if two or three people around you say the same thing, it's most, most probably true. If, if somebody keeps saying to me, geez, you're really intense, it's most probably true. So I go, go, yeah, but this is the way you see me, and I'm like, not always like that. That's just my little idol. I've just gone, I prefer to be the way I am. Um, or do you lean into trusting yourself? I will just make a way. Like in business, I will just figure out a way. I'm not doing this by faith. I'm just trusting myself. I just don't have the skill. I'm not able to. Like I'm not, somebody asks you something. I'm not able to do that. Or do I start striving? And I, start, I try and start getting into, like I, I want position and I want profile. Or do I go silent and I become insecure and I, and I just hold back because then no one knows really what's going on in my heart. But actually, I'm just withdrawing. All I'm doing is if I start going down those roads, my life's also becoming narrower. I'm just prolong, prolonging and prolonging and prolonging. So how do we live then? What do we do when he starts touching these things? So there's a beautiful scripture. I'll just, I'll just read it quickly. In uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 20, it says, In the great house there are many things, some for noble purposes and some for ignoble purposes. It speaks of like golden vessels, wooden vessels, different kinds of things. But it also says, you are like those things. If you cleanse yourself, if you allow God to cleanse yourself, cleanse your robes, you'll be used for noble purposes. So who here doesn't want to be used for noble purposes? Who doesn't want to go... God, you're incredible. You've taken me from where I was, in my comfort zone, in my likes that made my life narrower and narrower and narrower, and you've given me wide open spaces and influence, and, um, and you're using me for noble purposes. So this is what I did. Like, I knew I'm my, worst, my own worst enemy. I knew I was going to reason things into existence and out of existence, and I was going to make sure because that's what I've been doing my whole life. I built these little castles of what I thought, how the world works, 
It's all nonsense. It's all in my head. It's a little bit of new age, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I went, okay, I'm going to give myself to people. So at the time I went to Andrew and I said, okay, I'll follow you. And I said, if ever you see anything in my life, speak to me. So I said, yeah, by the way, I see something. So I go, geez, okay, that's quick. But um, okay. So he goes, you really suck at telling stories. You are so bad. Like I, I get squirmy when I'm around you. I don't know what to do. I want to get up and walk out of the room. It's, it's so bad. So I go, I can't be that bad. He goes, no, you really suck. So I'm like, so he goes, I know you have a heart for God, but if you, if you, you got to let him work on that stuff because you're never going to be able to speak to anyone. They're going to go, you, this guy's freaking me out so badly, I'm, I, I'm not listening. So, and I mean, you laugh, you've, no, you've seen it. You've been in situations where you go, ah, oh, this is really uncomfortable. So then I went, okay. So every single bri I was at, every single social thing I was at, I went, I'm going to practice telling stories and, and reading social cues in between the lines. Like when the guys start drift, drifting off and then the whole group starts drifting off and they're all like, oh. I'm like, that's a sign. They don't really like what you're saying. It's really boring. So I had to like learn, ooh, okay, that's, that's what that means. And I mean, to the day, to, to, this, to today, I'm still practicing every story. <laughs> like every joke I tell, it's like, this is, this is, I'm going to get this so right. I'm going to build so much suspense. They are going to love me. So tonight, doing this preach, I get a bit nervous. I'm like, whew. So I played another game with myself. Yesterday, I went surfing with Ian, Ozzy. We went surf for four hours. We traveled three and a half hours there. Surf for four hours. Travel three and a half hours back. Um, today I'm wasted. Like every muscle sore. And so I'm not as tense as I would normally be. This morning I go, okay, I'm going to go for another two hours surf. So two hours before the time I'm surfing. So I came here tonight. I was so relaxed. I was like, somebody injected me with muscle relaxant. So I'm not too tense tonight. So you don't, hopefully you're not squirming too much. But will you allow people to point out your weaknesses? Will you go, I don't think it's them. I think it's actually me. If people are saying the same thing about you, geez, I think that it's right. And, and you might have, like, this is the way I see myself. If you be, like, just tell you, I, the, in this church, people love you. Like, our heart is to just be truthful, honest, set you free, make your, way, your life wider and more spacious. No one is there to condemn so let people speak into your life and then take it seriously. And if you have to practice for the next 15 years to tell stories, God's timing is incredible. Like I saw JJ and Sonia now moving, moving here. They've been in eight, for 18 years serving faithfully in Marple Strand. 18 years. Like we've been in, in this congregation for the same, same amount of time. And eventually you start going, God, I'm really a late bloomer here. I'm like... You're really taking your time. But we don't determine what he does. He, he's go. I will complete what I've started in you. You have these lessons to learn. Just allow yourself to be shaped and chipped. Be built into that living, that wall of living stones. 
And the beautiful thing is we're doing it for the most noble cause. We are doing it because that wall is the bride of Christ, and he loves it. And he builds us together. The cement in between is our power of our testimonies, and it's the love that we have for one another, and it's all stuff he produces in us. It is nothing that we've done. And we end up in this church, like Jack, Jack and I joked, like, I can't believe we in church, what are we doing? That's God's mercy. I mean, I just want to throw Jeanette under the bus a little bit. Some of you I won't, because I don't know you too well. But I mean, we used to, we used to like r hide away from the cops and smoke dope. Obviously, be smoking dope all the time just to be able to socialize and surf and do things and so on. But then Jeanette's in the car, and uh, we think, oh, my heck, there's a police car behind us. So Andrew used to be a bit more of a panicker than I was. So I was like, just play it cool. Just play it cool. Andrew's like, no, throw it out. Throw it out. It's the knocks. They are on us. I'm going, ah, oh, I think I'm driving and I'm looking in the rearview mirror and it's an old lady with gray hair. I'm going, she's not a narcotic officer. She's not a knock. He goes, throw it out. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait, this is precious stuff. And then it was still illegal. So by the way, please don't do that stuff because it, I saw the damage later on. I thought this is amazing. This is my lifestyle. This is how later on my brain just didn't function properly. And I had deep paranoia and deep insecurity. So um, why on earth did I tell you that story? Oh, I was going for Jeanette. So, so Jeanette, so we look around. We don't know where to hide all the, all the dope. And Jeanette's sitting there. We go, Jeanette, stick this in your bra. But no, she sticks it in. And goes, no, 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 both sides. It looks unbalanced. <laughs> so Jeanette was our mule. And then she's got this, Jeanette's got this, I think it's a joke that she and Andrew had, that they were, like, when they act vulnerable, they, like, look, like, in each other's eyes, and they go, oh, I'm just a little orphan. <laughs> so she gets the little orphan look, looks at the police officer when he stops us. We go, whoa, that's believable. Like, she is so innocent. So Andrew and I are just trying to look responsible, but we have no idea what, what it looks like. So we're just looking stiff. So <laughs> Oh, what am I saying? So anyway, so... <laughs> okay. So all I'm pointing back at is if we want to be a fragrance to God and have a, be part of a church built together like living stones, we've got to let those edges be chopped off and, and I had a little bit of a warning picture. Like I had a prophetic picture this morning. I spoke earlier about pro prophecy. Prophecy is there to encourage, but also to convict us. So this morning we went to Malpo's church. James was leading incredibly. And I'm sitting there. And it's got this flash of a wall that was being built. And there's lots of rubble lying around the wall. And some whole stones. That means some has been chopped and been reshaped and built together. But some have been discarded, and, and they're just lying there. Amongst the pieces that's been chopped off by others. And that is such a scary picture. Like, please don't let me be the one that goes, I'm being so resistant to you, spirit, that's been wanting to shape me, that you actually put me aside. I, mean, well, I can't use you. 
So that's weighty. It's much more noble to go, Lord, have your way. Take these pieces off. Take these things that's not pleasant to you off. Okay, so I've spoken about what attitude you can take. So, just once again, he's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He's merciful. He's gentle. He whispers to us and says, I want to start doing something in you. And all we have to do is surrender. We just can't get rigid. So I think if there's anything tonight, if there's any rigidity in you, and the problem is most of us are so surrendered to God that we go, oh, I am rigid, because we are keeping our ears open. But sometimes we get rigid, and then it becomes our norm, and the norm becomes our lifestyle. And then you end up just sitting here, and you're numb, and you don't feel that conviction anymore, and you are just going on with your ways. So I just want to want to ask for a response, because I think there's such an incredible, firstly, God's presence is here. It's, he wants to take us deeper, and He wants to make us fragrant and pleasing to Him that He can take us deeper. And you can't take, you can't take someone that's resisting deeper. So if you're feeling you're not handling it well, if you're feeling like you've actually become a little bit hard-headed, a little bit, Andrew used to call me, I, I used to huck. I mean, what on earth is huck? No, you just get your heels in. And don't be like a hucking person where you, you, just, you just kick your heels in and go, no. That's, so if you have a sense, so often we just have a sense. We just have a sense of the stuff in me that's, I'm, I love God, but don't you tell me what to do. Or this is, this is just not my thing. I want, I want you to just, just hold that. If you start seeing the warning signs that people are busy backing away from you, and if they're not really honest with you, maybe there's something in you. Maybe your friendships are getting a little bit shaky, a little bit... A little bit weird, you have a sense of something. So I'm speaking to a sense at the moment. That, that's the Lord going, I want you to surrender. If you, you're a living stone, I need you to not push back. If you feel like you're, you're like this is too much even, you know something is coming, but you can't. So, so I'm speaking to areas of either not rebellion, but just pushing your heels in, or going, I can't do this. You know, it's incredible. Paul boasts in his weaknesses. And he goes, I'm proud of my weaknesses because then Christ is strong in me. So this is a call now to, for, for if you're sitting here going, there's a weakness. This thing just has been following me around my whole life. It's not going away. I've been sitting here and I'm actually getting more numb. And I'm actually just in church. And he hasn't spoken to me. I feel like, he, like there's no, no intimacy. 
I don't feel like I'm going deeper. If anything, I'm just staying the same or even going shallower. That's, that's a sign. If, you're, if, you, if you've never experienced this and you don't know what we are actually talking about, um, that, that means your life's getting shaken. But are you getting numb? Are you getting just harder? And I think for, for believers in the church, we, are, we can get harder. We can, we can be here and we can be amongst, the, amongst everyone, part of a community, and just, be, just get a bit more rigid. So I just feel like the, the Lord's putting His finger on His church tonight. Like He wants us to be built in. So I just want to ask for everyone to close their eyes. The goal of this is he's, this incredible mystery of his church. That we have been called and saved and that he's building us into, into a, a, a living stones being built together to form his bride. And he's coming for his bride. And he will finish what he started. But you don't want to take it, let it take your whole life. Rather let it speed up. Here's a city prayer to pray. God, whatever it is in my life, just do it wholeheartedly. Do, take every part of me and deal with me and shape me into who you want me to be. So if you, if you have said that in your heart, like I know there's a rigid area. I know there is an opinion in me. I know there's something in my friendships. I know there's, there's um, self-reliance. I know there's, there's something of pointing fingers at others and going, there's something in me, but it's, yes, that guy's ungodly. It's probably him. People don't understand me. Let's just, let's just bring that before him. Just say, Lord, here I am. Just between you and him. As all our eyes are closed, this is a private thing between you and God. You're going, Lord Jesus, I give you myself just put up your hand. Put up your hand in front of him. Do business with him. Say, Lord Jesus, here I am. I give you everything. I give you my likes, my dislikes, my weaknesses, my securities, my opinions. Would you have it? Would you shape me? you build me into your bride completely with no reservations I won't hold anything back he gave everything Jesus you gave everything silently while you were being wronged that we could be your bride 
we want to thank you that you've called us. Would you take us and shape us?